Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang, y'all gonna remember the name. Y'all gonna remember the name. What's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now, on today's episode, we've got on an awesome young lady. She is an up-and-coming content creator. She is navigating the world through her YouTube channel and sharing her thoughts and ideas out there. And I would like to welcome Bailey Larissa to the show. How are you doing? Good. Hi. How's it going, Zuby? Zuby. Um, hope everyone's doing well. I'm just so excited to be on um, the podcast. And it's kind of funny because I think I tweeted you, what was it, like a month and a half ago when you had um, somebody drop out and then... Just by chance, I saw that you tweeted that this morning again, and then I don't know. I love how the world works. Sometimes it's like just the minute you check your phone, and so yeah, happy yeah. to be here. And no doubt. Well, thank you for jumping on it. Jumping on at late notice. I know we talked before about having you on previously, and uh, yeah, you messaged me like just at the right time, and I was like, hang on, <laughs> let me let me get her on because I, I know she asked the last time. Oh no worries. To do it, so let's make it happen. So I've done a real brief intro there, but for people who don't know who you are, tell them a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, about mid-20s, growing up and everything, I'd always been interested in politics and current events and everything like that. And then I've also been super interested in like astronomy, space, um, and also writing. So it's kind of all over the place. But then during college, I got into a science writing program. So I ended up getting my major in that. And that was really fun because I got to talk about science, while also writing and literature and everything like that. Um, I currently work, what keeps me busy is a technical writer, so writing instruction manuals and stuff like that. And then I'm also a social media manager for Space Weather News, Suspicious Observers. I feel like um, some of the listeners probably have heard of them. And then also just I started my YouTube channel about nine months ago, uh, Introspectively Living, and I've really been enjoying making content. It's fun just having an outlet for creativity. And I really wanted to make it a space where anybody and we can all discuss ideas that we might just come across in our day-to-day life or whatever it is, even current events topics and take a perspective on it and explore. So yeah. And then recently I did a video on Jordan Peterson and he's always been just a, such a large impact on my life the past few years. So it's awesome. been fun. <laughs> that sounds good. So Tell us a little bit about your kind of growing up. I like to know the the backstory Definitely. behind people. So I want to talk a little bit later on about the YouTube channel and what you're doing now. But how did you sort of come to the point where you are right now? Yeah, so I'm very fortunate enough to have two parents that always, you know, really pushed me to see different perspectives in life, whether that's, you know, every night I would sit down and watch Bill O'Reilly with my dad when I was like seven years old. And he'd always have the word of the day and everything. And um, (laughs) just looking back, I feel like that really shaped me. Or like if we were just, you know, walking around and something was going on in town, you know, they'd kind of talk to me about it and 
in my head, I was always amazed that there's this other world, you know, not always what's being portrayed on the main networks or whatever, you know, whatever topic it is too, because I'm really interested in like health and food and fitness and everything like that. So I've kind of kept that, you know, type of thinking with me as I've gone through high school, gone through college. And then I've also done a lot of different activities. Like I have my black belt. Um, I played tennis a lot, really competitively okay. um, all throughout college. So, yeah. What's the black belt in? Uh, taekwondo. So. Okay. So you're, good at, you're, so you're good at kicking people. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I don't know how flexible I am anymore because that was a few years ago. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> Fair enough. And what was it that uh, led you to wanting to create a YouTube channel? Because a lot of people have their thoughts, ideas, etc. But most people don't feel the urge to put them out there to the world and to the public like that. So was there a particular thing that made you want to do that? Definitely. Yeah. So a few of my friends actually had YouTube channels um, towards the end part of high school and going into college. So I kind of knew that world and to navigate it, it was more on the side of blogging and lifestyle and stuff like that. But it definitely always interests me. And then I remember my freshman year of college, I made a pact to myself that I was going to start a channel um, and work on it and everything like that. And then, of course, you know, you make three videos and you kind of forget about it and you lose, you know, focus and lose motivation. <laughs> um, so then last spring, you know, COVID and everything, and I work from home now, which is one of the best positives I think of this whole situation is you're not forced to be in the office for 40 hours. <laughs> um, so yeah, last spring, um, and then I moved out of my parents' house and whatnot. So I finally had this own space that I could create in and all of a sudden, the motivation was there. And I've always kind of gone through the past few years having these thoughts in my head like, oh, I wish I could discuss about that or make a video about that. So definitely in the back of my head, it was always kind of the inner workings. And then I finally just told myself, like, I have to do it, um, you know, put my money where my mouth is type of thing and just focus on something really well for a long period of time. Because otherwise, I kind of have the tendency to focus on something for just a few weeks and forget about it and whatnot. So, And what was the first video you did? First video I did was being an introvert in college and how to navigate that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I find myself slightly more introverted. So that freshman year, you know, when you're out and everybody's making friends at first, like 24 hours, everyone's there. And that's definitely an interesting experience and super fun, but it's a little bit different when you're not like such a extrovert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And then I saw you've uh, you've got quite a few videos where you're talking about the work of Jordan Peterson and the impact that that's had on you. So, how did you how did you end up in the Jordan Peterson rabbit hole? Yeah. And it's really what's awesome about it is it opens up this whole new world like that's how I found you then and Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yep, definitely. Um kind of the intellectual dark web, I think they used okay. to call it or something like that. <laughs> um but I think it was fall 2017, and I was actually watching a Steven Crowder video, and I just gotten into him and watching him and stuff like that. And on the sidebar, there was a Jordan Peterson video. So I clicked on that, and then the rabbit right, hole right, radical, Radicalization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next thing, you're on Zuby's podcast. Next up, you're getting canceled. You I know. know. <laughs> Next thing, I won't be able to fly. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're on a list now. You're yeah. on a list. Yeah, no, because I'm playing. Carry on. Uh-huh. Um, so I wish I would have known what the first JP video was that I clicked on. Um, but yeah, I just remember being so amazed and overwhelmed in a good way that somebody was talking about all these interesting topics that we interact with our world and like notice, but nobody really talks about, you know, just large things, whether it's relationships or growing up or finding a job and just, you know, responsibility at the core of it. So it was really intriguing for me to sit down and somebody's talking about all these things. And then what was also kind of fun is I felt like at a moment, any type of idea I would have or question about something, I could just, you know, type Jordan's name into YouTube, click the topic, and he'd be talking about it. So mm-hmm. that was really fulfilling too, just to kind of learn more about the world and create a mindset to encounter it as well. So, yeah. So you said he's had a significant impact on your life or that reading his book, 12 Rules for Life, has had a significant impact. So what are some of the what are some of the lessons you've taken from that? What was the before and the and the after from all that? Definitely. So I think one of the biggest things is I've really learned and he talks about, I mean, it's the central tenant between his first book and second book. It's black and white chaos and order. Um, but I think just something clicked inside my head that it's good to step out of your comfort zone. Sometimes I know there's that cliche saying that it's good, you know, to always push yourself, but reading his work just really solidified that, you know, sometimes life is going to be uncomfortable, but with, you know, challenges and being a little bit off in certain situations, that's when you grow. And even though you don't have the experience at the moment, you know, it kind of turns on all your biological senses and, that's how you grow through things and learn them. And then pretty soon, you know, you're here and then you kind of grew from an experience and you have more unknown to conquer and stuff like that. So overall in that regards, and then also I remember a specific situation. So I was always, I'm always very like reserved. I like knowing what I'm doing. I usually don't step out of my comfort zone much. And in college, there was an internship opportunity. And I remember just after reading Jordan's work, a little light bulb went in my head. I'm like, you should speak up and join that. That would be a good thing for you. And Mm -hmm. my past failure would have just been like, no, just keep, you know, work on your assignment. And I ended up speaking up. I got the position. And then that position directly correlated into my um, position I have now in the workforce. So it just, okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, we live in this world where there is, there's a lot of negative forces out there and there's a lot of confusion and disillusionment and discouragement and all that. (laughs) And so, and, and just lack of common sense as well, lack of honest thinking, lack of common sense, lack of courage, all of these things. So I know that, you know, I, I discovered, started listening to Jordan Peterson stuff. It must've been, I I initially heard about him through the Bill C-16 stuff in Canada. Okay. So quite early on then. Yeah. Yeah. Early on before he, uh, you know, he's actually commented on one of my YouTube videos, which is, which which was, uh, you know, kind of before he blew up. Uh Um, So it's been really interesting for me. Number one, to just sort of see that, see that trajectory. Um, Yeah. Because one thing that's really intriguing with him, which actually people don't really talk about is that it's rare for someone to, reach that level of fame and popularity um, at his age in life. 
right? Like, so Definitely. it's not, it's not common to in your fifth to become famous in your fifties. Right. right? So <laughs> it's really fascinating. And, and the way he became famous, it's like, you know, this guy was just really a, a brilliant, but obscure Canadian professor, um, at a university. And then somehow through him opposing this bill about compelled speech, typically about, you know, gender pronouns and stuff like this, yeah. that somehow leads people into this <laughs> rabbit hole of discovering all these lectures and, oh, this biblical series and this and that. Exactly. And then next thing, he's writing a book, which is selling millions <laughs> of copies and touring. Have you been to any of the live events? I haven't. I figured okay. found him like right after he ended it. But oh, really? Okay. Asked, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got oh, invited awesome. to the one, um, the one in Oxford, which is oh, where I used to cool. study. Yeah, so um, I know Dave Rubin. So Dave Rubin invited Dave, me. Yep. Dave so, Rubin is awesome. He's one yeah, of my. So, I listen to you, Dave Rubin. Um, okay, nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was really cool. Funnily enough, I was sitting next to, um, I was sitting next to David, who is Dave's husband. Okay. And yep. Tammy, who is of course Jordan's wife. So like, I met, I met That's them awesome. and then I saw the show. So the whole thing was really cool. It was really, really cool. Definitely. Um, I didn't. Get, I haven't met. I didn't get a chance to to meet Jordan because he was like kind of getting mobbed after the thing. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure. And I'm then Michaela, Michaela was on your podcast as well, right? She and, hasn't been yet. She hasn't oh, been yet. Okay. Um, but will be. Yeah. Will be in a couple cool. of weeks. Yeah, ah. I've been on hers. But, oh, maybe uh, that's what I watch because yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah. have seen you guys talk. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She'll she'll be on. I'm going to try to get Jordan on it as well. Um, sometime within the next few months. So awesome. no. So so just coming back to what I was saying, I think we you know with what I do, and I think a lot of the people you kind of mentioned there is it's trying to just bring, I guess, that order back into a world of chaos and give people encouragement, you know, preach about, not preach, just, you know, remind people about personal responsibility and self-autonomy and sovereignty and responsibilities, right? Like Jordan Peterson says, people always want to talk rights, 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 but people don't want to talk about the responsibilities that go with those. So with all, with all that said, what are your thoughts on you know, as someone who's, you came out of college a couple of years ago now, I guess? Yep. Uh, yeah. Two this spring, so. Okay, cool. I guess, number one, what was that experience like for you? Because I feel like in the past decade or so, it's changed quite significantly. Um, but also, what are your thoughts just on where the world is going from your own perspective as a young woman in the U.S.? Where Where do you think things are? Yeah, so the first half of that question, so just... In college, a um, lot of one of my good friends calls me like a libertarian hippie because I can kind of, <laughs> I can kind of, for better words, like go with the flow and not really be. If I don't talk about it, I can blend in kind of with the crowd. Mm -hmm. So honestly, that's what I did most of college. Um, most of my friends, we didn't really share the same viewpoints, but it's on another tangent. That's we almost do share the same viewpoints, but nobody wants to have a conversation about it. So then you just kind of go back into your thoughts and not really talk about it. But from my personal perspective, I didn't really go forth and talk a lot about, about my views or anything like that. But then definitely just little things, you know, in my English class, all of a sudden we were talking about gender and up on the prompter, it said there's, you know, hundred genders and stuff like that. And I'm like, why are we talking about that in English? <laughs> in an English class. How did they, how did they fudge that into an English class? Uh, they were bringing up Plato and everything like that. And then I remember the professor gave a huge speech that um, he wishes we didn't have to study Plato and Aristotle because they're old white dudes. And, and I'm like, well, these, like, I want to study Plato. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Can I can I ask if this was this was this like a white teacher? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. that's why. Uh, I, 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 I can literally pick. I can. Literally, <laughs> I know. I know what this person looks like, and I've never seen them. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go on. Oh yeah. So you know, in the back of my head, I've always had kind of my values and perspectives. So in my head, I would just laugh about it, and mm. in my mind, there's no use raising your hand and trying to debate, even though it might be a good. Uh, approach to it, but they're, they're lucky I wasn't in that class. <laughs> yeah, they would have got lit up. Exactly. I can't, I, I can't stay quiet and stuff like that. I would, I would have just been like, okay, here we go, here we go. <laughs> well, that's funny. Um, we can talk about this a little bit later, but in my JP personality test, I scored really high in disagreeableness, but really low in assertiveness. Oh boy. So in my head, I'm like, you know, but then I don't have. Do you know my score? For what? Assertiveness. Your score? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's 96. Oh, wow. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's 96. Yeah, it's like top 5%. Oh, I think mine was like yeah. 8 or something. Okay, not- yeah. No, okay. <laughs> mine's like, that ain't going to fly. Like- <laughs> That's yeah, no, so Okay, so you, were, so you learned some weird gender stuff in... What was, what was the general vibe like in in your in your college was there like i know in different universities it's very different so in some of them there's like a a huge slant in you know very very heavy left words and they're essentially kind of indoctrination camps for a little young marxists um (laughs) and gender theorists and other ones are a little bit more sort of balanced and neutral what was your experience like yeah i it didn't really stand out to me besides, you know, those few English classes okay. and few conversations with professors. But I mean, in all universities, there's those little things that just remind you that it's more of left leaning, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's one thing too. like the word liberal is not a bad word. That means you're just open to things. But I feel like all of a sudden now it's these lefties and people trying to change facts. So it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. It's a weird one. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, these labels are really starting to lose. Not starting to lose. Like, they've been losing their meanings. In I many agree. ways, people who are called conservative are more liberal than people who are called liberal in many ways. And exactly. And vice versa. I think really where it's more sort of like, firstly, of course, you got the libertarian authoritarian scale. I think that's yep. a big factor. But honestly, I'm starting to feel like it's kind of like the woke versus the the awake I, I've right? I, I, that's kind of what I think it is now. Yeah, whether someone is more like naturally leaning <laughs> or right leaning, I'm kind of like, look, if we can sit down and have a conversation and accept facts exactly. and be realistic, we're sort of on the same side, even if we actually differ on quite a lot of issues. I think it's kind of that versus people who are just trying to totally. either totally, yeah, totally tear down the whole system or just distort reality. Mm-hmm. They're willing to lie, cheat, steal, whatever. You know, there's no. There's no line through their thinking which is consistent, right? They they can backpedal, be hypocritical. They say one thing here, then they say the other thing. It's there's, <laughs> there's no there's just no line through it, right? So I think kind of just dealing with like sane, freedom oriented people, and then people who have really kind of bought into these ideologies and are really trying to kind of force things down on people from a top down perspective, whether that's directly from the government or through other institutions or even through just like bullying and shame and cancel culture and online mobs all that kind of stuff just to kind of pressure people to toe the line all whilst gaslighting the other side by pretending that they're the ones 
doing that. It's Mm -hmm. a very weird phenomenon. Exactly. And to speak to cancel culture and all that, it's kind of interesting watching, you almost could call it the machine or something. It's interesting watching them almost cancel their own now. Like, I don't know if you follow The Bachelor with Chris Harrison. Oh, I've heard about about all that. Stupid show. I know. I don't don't really like it. I stopped watching a few years ago. (laughs) Tell, Tell the listeners a little bit about it for people who don't know. Yeah. So in America, there's the show The Bachelor, Bachelorette. So it's pretty much just one girl or guy. And then there's like 30 guys or girls vying um, to marry them at the end of the show. <laughs> All, <Awesome>. within, yeah. <laughs> All within six weeks, mind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like real life. <laughs> But there was this, you know, infamous host. He's been hosting it since 1998 or whenever the show started. And he's almost the best part of the show at this point, you know. And he had, he disagreed with somebody. There was this girl who was found back in college that was on the show who was a current contestant. She was found back in college to go to, uh, oh, what was it called? Um, Antebellum. Antebellum. Yep. Antebellum party. And it was with her sorority and everything. And she came out. She said, you know, obviously looking at this now, whatever, she wouldn't have done it. And then Chris Harrison just said that we should give her some grace. And, you know, it was two or three years ago. Obviously, people are different. And just taking one snapshot of somebody isn't going to define them the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Wherever, whatever, whatever action that you've done. Um, and by saying that, by just saying, give the girl some grace, he got kicked off the show. So. <laughs> Cause it so, wasn't so much forgiveness, right? It wasn't left enough. You know, sh- he should have canceled her. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's so crazy. I heard about that story just through other people. And I was like, wait, am I, am I missing something here? And then I just realized like we just, right. Live in this yeah. Stupid, <laughs> stupid world and stupid time where it, it's all just theater. There's so much political theater going on. And that's something that I think really annoys me, which is that I just try to be very like real and honest and I don't try to be, I just am like, I'm just real. I'm open. I'm authentic. Whether people agree with me, disagree with me, like me, don't like, I'm just, I'm straightforward. (laughs) And I feel like there's so much just theater going on, right? It's political theater. It's why concepts like virtue signaling annoy me and annoy people because it's like, look, if you, you don't need to signal your virtue, right? Like if you right. are, if you are something, just be that thing. But this whole false pretense of trying to sort of publicly display yourself, <laughs> or you know, people we're living in a stage where people literally pretend to be offended by things. Exactly. Right? So this situation here, who was genuinely offended that this girl went to this party three years ago? I mean, it sounds like she even just went to the party. She didn't. It's not like she, uh, you know, went in like did blackface and put a KKK no, exactly. hood on or something. Right? She just, she just attended a party, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay, <laughs> right? Like who, who's ge- who is genuinely, like forget the performance, exactly. who is genuinely offended and hurt by this thing. Um, and then what, didn't she, didn't she end up like winning the, what, yeah, she win the so show? Yeah, so I just was Googling this yesterday because it was all over Twitter. I'm like, what happened? So she ended up winning the show. And then on the, after the Rose finale show, um, Matt, who was the bachelor, ended up crying over the whole thing and said, like, he could never forgive her and all this stuff. And it, they were, it's, they were it was engaged, embarrassing. You know, I, I, I mean, I, even though it's meaningful, 
the water. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I heard. I actually listened to that bit. Okay. That's the, that, I, I don't watch the show, but I, I, someone had clipped it in a YouTube video, and I was like, "This is, this is theater." Right. Like, this is theater. The guys there are like all distraught, and he's crying. I can't believe. I can't believe. I'm just like, dude. Like, honestly, like as a man, I was just like, bro, come on, man. Like, what are you even? You weren't even there. Like, this is years ago. Even the so-called offense, even in terms of things that are offensive, I'm like, is this the bar now? Like, and she's already said, yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't have gone. I'm sorry. That's it. And again, it's just such a, I don't know. It's like this headhunter society where people are so bloodthirsty. It's like, it's why I'm so opposed to these public apologies because it's like, it doesn't doesn't matter. Like that, they just see that as a sign of weakness and they're just going to go for the throat, just go for the kill as soon as the blood is in the water. Like the best thing anyone can do if they're ever you know, in this position to get canceled or like, if you haven't done anything wrong, do not, I always tell people, do not apologize. If you've done something wrong, apologize to the specific individual who you've hurt. And that makes a huge tweet and public relations front for it. No, don't do it. Don't do it. They'll just see you're a weak target and it emboldens people, right? Because then they're like, yes, we got another scalp. Well, they don't actually uncancel you if you do that either. And they just, so there's literally no point to it. No, don't don't ask for forgiveness for people who don't forgive. Like, right. No. I think that's Candace Owens always says like she never apologizes for things if it's not her fault or says sorry. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah. No, no, like again, and apologies are apologies should be a one-on-one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Definitely. if I if I upset you, Bailey, then I'll be like, you know what, Bailey, I'm sorry about that. Like, right. Yeah. So, right. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> go go on Twitter and put put some long screed today. I had a, you know, <laughs> da da da, I write some huge essay and post it out there for the world. It's just like, I would never misgender you. I would never misgender you. I just, as, long, as long as you don't misgender me. No, yeah, totally. <laughs> I wouldn't do it to you either. So what is it that you're, that you're working on at the moment? So you've got the YouTube channel. Um, what yeah. are the videos you've been putting out most recently? So about a week ago, I did, you know, my top meaningful quotes from Jordan's first book, 12 Rules for Life. And then I just put out one on socialization. So when somebody says socialization, there's a part of me that always kind of withered and didn't really like the word because I feel like as somebody who is more introverted sometimes doesn't always like going with the crowd, I felt like I'm not always the most socialized, you know, in a lot of situations or don't always know to say the right thing and be super talkative and whatnot. So I kind of discussed that, how socialization is good because it allows success. It allows us to partner, have conversations, but then also it can be a bad thing if it's too much, you know, especially when you're growing up kind of in those formative years, especially I focused on if socialization is arbitrary. So if a group of kids are just, you know, saying that you shouldn't wear a green shirt or for an example, but you really like green, the color green and it showcases your personality, you know, that can be seen as a bad thing because then it can detriment you, you know, to growing into your own personality. So Mm. I had fun with that video. And then also just this Friday, I'm going to post one about boredom, just how we're not, we're not bored anymore. You know, we always have a screen and we can never just allow our own thoughts to be present. And then that's how new ideas come to be is when we're bored and we have that spark of whatever, you know. Mm. Okay, no, that's an, that's an interesting thought. So, what are your thoughts on that? So, you think that we need to learn how to embrace boredom more, perhaps, rather than straight yeah. up reaching 
reaching for that smoke cone every every time and swiping and tapping and all of that. Yep. Because I've noticed, you know, if I'm either getting ready in the morning or cooking dinner, I'm always reaching for my phone, laptop, you know, what's the newest YouTube video. And I love watching, you know, content podcasts, obviously, but you have to allow yourself to be with your mind at some times too, you know, and sometimes you just have to be reminded of that. Even if it's just one day a week, you drive to work without the radio on, you know, Mm -hmm. just being with your thoughts and you might be bored for the first five minutes, but then a bored thought might lead into something random that leads into something that you needed to think about more, but maybe was pushing away or a new idea and stuff like that. So, Okay. And you were talking before about the uh, the quotes from, firstly, what is your favorite of the 12 rules? Oh, I think it would have to be, be precise in your speech. And that really ties into tell the truth, at least don't lie in my head, because a lot of times when you're talking, it's easy to even tell little white lies or get wrapped up in something. So it's always a constant reminder to me that whenever you're speaking, that's the ideas that you're projecting and the ideas you're projecting about the world and yourself. So make sure that it makes sense and it's concise. And as a writer too, I really like that because I find that I can translate my thoughts a lot better writing, not as much speaking. So it's always a challenge. And that's another thing. I started the YouTube channel for myself as a challenge to just talk and learn how to be precise in my speech. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I think I think my my two favorites are yeah, tell the truth or at least don't lie. And um uh, do what is meaningful, not what is expedient. I like that one too. Yeah. Yep. I think those are very much how I think way way before I ever read that book, I think I've kind of been living by those ones for a couple decades <laughs> and, uh, like it's just kind of I don't know maybe it's just innate to my personality or something like that I just yeah, have a very so, yeah I think I just have a very low I have a very low bs tolerance I think that's okay. what it is. Yep. yeah I think that's what <laughs> it is I'm not good at like I don't jump on everything and I don't feel the need to tackle everything but I'm not always great at letting things slide if something like there are certain things like I just cannot let slide. Like, you know, when you were talking about that thing with your professor and I was yep. like, oh, I wish I was there. I wish I was like, I was like, I can't let stuff like that slide. I would just be like, okay, I got to say something like, oh, yeah, definitely. yeah. That um, switch flips in your head and yeah. <laughs> and see that happens yeah. to me, but then I'm like, don't say yeah. anything. <laughs> Especially in a situation like that, because it's like, I think a big problem that we're having, I think a big, big problem in modern Western society is that, bad ideas are running unchallenged. Yes, agreed. I think that's a big problem when people are like, oh my gosh, how did we get here? Right? Whether you're talking about the past year or you're talking (laughs) about the last five years or the past 10 years, I'm like, because bad ideas are running unopposed. Exactly. even Even if those bad ideas are minority fringe viewpoints, right? So the whole notion that like there are people out there, there are literally university professors, there's people on TV, there's influencers on all these social platforms, whatever, who literally will say things like, all white people are racist. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and and most people won't say anything to that. And I'm just like, hold on a minute, buddy. Like, Let's I'm going to pull you up on this. And, and maybe I have black privilege here as well, right? Because I'm like, right, if a white person does that, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, you're showing your, you're showing your white fragility and you're a white supremacist. And like, look, I'm like, dude, if you call me any of those things, you're going to sound stupid. It doesn't mean exactly. they don't try. <laughs> doesn't mean they don't try. They still try. Or you're but an I'm uncle's just like, or something. <laughs> dude, honestly, like they're just, I'm just like, look, 
whatever these ideas are, you got people that open it. Yeah, like, let's do communism again. Or like, let's just all stay in our houses forever and enforce mandatory vac. I'm like, yo, these ideas cannot run unopposed because it doesn't matter. One thing I've really learned is that it only takes a small, loud minority to dominate a majority. Exactly. And people like to talk about the silent majority, but people need to make sure that the silent majority does not become the silenced majority. I think I think there's a silenced majority now um, exactly. on a lot of these issues. People are afraid to jump in the fray. People don't want to get canceled. People don't want to get the mob. People don't want to risk losing their job or risk that or that. You know, we've got all these people running around anonymous accounts. They won't even use their real names on <laughs> social media. And I'm kind of like, dude, like, I get where you're coming from. But the more people that do that, the worse all of this is going to get. The worse it's all going to exactly. get because you're not dealing with reasonable people here. You're not dealing with reasonable people. You're dealing with people who are pretty crazy about terrible ideas, which are proven to be terrible. And if you just let them run with it, then they're going to teach this to your kids. They're going to teach it to like, <laughs> like they're going to put it in every, like it's, it's being put in everything, right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's going to be now. 2040 and our world's going to look completely different. And then we're going to think back. Yeah. To, hey, I remember like 2016 yeah. and we could go for a walk, you know, without. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> without governmental permission, yeah. needing a permission slip. Yeah. You know, when like, you remember when like black and white people were allowed to like talk to each other. And, yeah. You know, before before they we reinstituted segregation. <laughs> well, did you hear about that one college that was making a dorm for different races just for safe I spaces? Think, I, think it's, I think it's more than one. I probably <laughs> I think it's more than one college. <laughs> this is the thing. I'm not even joking. Like, I'll talk about this. I'm just like you guys. Like, what is what is going on? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the so thing. Then, about, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So then you went to Oxford, and I don't know how long ago that was, but did you? see any of those threads kind of starting there when you were there no no this is the thing it, it's the speed at which it happened that's yeah. slows my mind right because i was in oxford 2004 to 2007 okay you're the same um, as my brother then so okay yeah so a couple years before these ideas sort of started taking hold in institutions right right so in my whole time in oxford like you know like i don't even Honestly, I don't even think at that time I'd ever even heard of a, a concept such as white privilege. I don't think I'd ever even heard that term. Interesting. Right? Yeah, no, nobody did. No, like, no, I'd never heard that term. I'd yeah. never heard of critical race theory. You know, there were still only two genders. Um, yeah, no, stuff was like pretty normal. Of course, you know, there's mm -hmm. some people with loopy ideas or whatever, but it was like there was no okay, well, today we're going to sit down and talk to, you, <laughs> talk to you about whiteness, right? Like there was exactly. none, of, none of that garbage. And there um, wasn't Twitter or social media back then really either. So Very early. No, yeah, very, very early. Um, when did I join Twitter? I joined Twitter 2009. Okay. Um, and I yeah, and you see 20, the changes yeah. there too. Yeah, because I've been on Twitter for 12 years. I've been on Facebook for, it sounds crazy. I've been on Facebook for 16 years. That's, right. there's kids now that have Facebook that weren't even born. When they were exactly. <laughs> I've been on Facebook since 2004. I'm very sensitive to cultural shifts and changes. Mm -hmm. like I can see, oh, wait, hang on. Five years ago or 10 years ago, I'm like, this wasn't, this wasn't like this. The, the way people are talking now, the theories that are out there, the ideas people are running with, what colleges, what's going on in universities, schools, even companies. I'm like, this is pretty new. Like they weren't exactly. doing this before. What's behind this? What's the goal here? Is this positive? Is this negative? Is this dividing people? Is it bringing people together? Whatever. And 
most of the time, it's the opposite of whatever they call it, right? They call it inclusion, but it's exclusive. They call it diversity, but they want everyone to think the same way. Um, they say equality, but then they'll institute policies which are d- legitimately racist or sexist or, right, you know, totally advantaging one group over another, whatever the case right. is. And it's just like projection, projection, projection. And, um, or even people like being opposed to free speech, right? Since when were so-called liberals opposed to free speech? Like exactly. that's another new thing. I know because I did a video in the fall about free speech and it got the most dislikes I've ever gotten. And somebody really? commented the fact that this video has a lot of dislikes proves that our society is not trending in a positive direction. <laughs> <laughs> I was really almost taking an inspiration from what Jordan Peterson was talking about was we have all these ideas. Some are more libertarian, some are more authoritarian, left, right. And the only way that we're going to create solutions is if we're all talking with each other and, you know, saying that's not a good idea. Maybe we should try this. Oh, what about this? And that's really how true solutions get created, not by shunning one voice and not listening to anything from this side. Or if, you know, your skin color is this, we don't want to know what you're even thinking about any topics. And then if you all of a sudden eliminate free speech, you get these echo chambers like we're talking about that's very minute and they're driving a lot of the public discourse and, you know, public policy all of a sudden years down the road like we're seeing now. What's the vibe like in that sense where you are? So I'm in the UK. Yeah. Where like free speech is <laughs> free speech is free speech is more of a myth than um I feel like the USA is kind of I know a lot of people in the US are trying to make it more like the UK or more like Europe, but I feel like the USA is a better version of like what the UK sort of claims to be when it comes to freedom and liberty, etc. I mean, it's literally illegal for me to walk out that door unless I apparently have like a governmentally approved reason. It's illegal, oh, really? to, it's illegal to leave the country now. Yeah. Like people don't like, yeah, I didn't I, know the lockdowns. I follow, dude, it's, I don't know if you know, like Zoella and those people. Oh, yeah, probably do, yeah. yeah. So that's what first got me into YouTube, but I like follow them sometimes and I did, can kind of see what the lockdowns like, but yeah. What's it been like in the UK? Cause here it's Mostly just, you know, you wear a mask in the restaurant until you get to your table. Oh, you can go, oh, you can go to restaurants? Lucky. Yeah, yeah, for the last, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can go to restaurants? I'm getting people, like, complaining, like, yeah, you know, I got this rule in the gym. I'm like, oh, you can go to the gym? Like, <laughs> oh, lucky you. Right, dude, it's bad here. It's, it's bad here. It's this magical right? thing, like, you sit down, you order food. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, the, the UK is, uh, honestly, it's, it's disheartening. Um, I did post this on my social media a couple of days ago, but, like, I've never been less patriotic. Like it's so hard. It's yeah. so it's it's legitimately hard for me right now to feel sort of like proud to be British or like mm-hmm. proud of my y'all have screwed this place up. Like it's not interesting. It's disturbing, you know. Like yeah. I like the I like the UK and I'm this is not um, you know, like talking down on all like British people or something like that. Right, no, exactly. Cast a net that wide, but the way things are going and what people are willing to accept is deeply disturbing to me. Um and yes, of course there is some pushback. But I just kind of feel like people will just bend over and take anything from the government here. Like, exactly. it's, uh, there's not that streak of like no one, barely anyone here even knows what a libertarian is. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Like, it's, it's not a, it's not really a thing here. And I get that sense in America, too. Like, a lot of people are just blindly following whatever, you know, the flavor of the day is, especially in the past year. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier what I'm most alarmed about just as being a young person growing up in America. And it's definitely 
knowing that our population, not speaking generally, but, you know, a lot of people can be convinced of a lot of things <laughs> with not a lot of proof. Yes. So all of a sudden when you're dealing with, you know, more authoritarian powers, more infringement on just like your own individual sovereignty and nobody's really standing up and questioning it to a point, like you said, that it's actually making a difference. Mm -hmm. That's what truly scares me. Cause then I think, you know, what's it like going to be in 20 years, 30 years. And I try not to be bleak about it, but then that little voice is like, well, what's going to change? Hopefully something, but. Yeah. I think people need to recognize that they actually have more. Firstly, that virtually everything is a choice, right? Virtually everything is a choice, right? So I get people who are like, like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to out myself on this podcast, right? Like I haven't, I don't remember the last time I wore a mask. Like I don't wear masks. <laughs> right? I don't wear them. Right. No, exactly. Right. And people are like, oh, you have to wear a mask. And I'm like, no, you don't. It's a choice. So no then one, how do you, no how do you get into the grocery me. store? Just I in walk in and I smile at the security guard and he says, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Li li literally like no one, no one says anything. And I'm talking like for months. I'm like, no one, <laughs> even, even if the people, fine. The, it's fine. Like no one cares. Like, and if they do, you can just tell them you're exempt and that's it. No more questions. Yeah. Right. And so even like putting the mask on, some people are like, oh, why is that the hill you die on? And I'm like, well, it's the hill you die on. Because if you comply with that, they're going to keep upping it. And then they're going to push for mandatory vaccinations. Zuby, you're a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Zuby, you're a conspiracy theorist. Now we're here and they're like, hmm. You're, you're they're, they're, they're now running polls. They're now running polls. Should, should you need to, to show vaccination status to go to the pub or to go to a restaurant or something? And I'm like, and oh, I thought I was a conspiracy out. theorist. Exactly. Yeah, and honestly, it frustrates me. I'm yeah, go ahead. Pro, you know, I'm pro-science. It's not like I'm some... Like you said, conspiracy theory. Everybody's pro-science. Exactly. Pro -science. <laughs> I'm a social media manager for the space. <laughs> Sci science says that if I don't have a virus, I can't give it to anybody. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. And I've already had COVID to make it even That's more, right. But you right? So exactly. People are there trying to like screaming at me to take, take a vaccine. Like, Why would I take a vaccine? I'm already immune. Like what's wrong with you people? You're the one screaming science at me. Tell me the science that says someone who is immune to a virus and doesn't have it and can't spread it should take a vaccine for it. Exactly. Like, tell me the logic, right? And the and weird part with me is a year ago, or you know, now I should say a year and three months ago, nobody even heard of COVID. And now we're just, you know, injecting stuff in. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's a, it's become like a religion for people. I was I was exactly. I tweeted earlier today I that um, vac <laughs> vaccination <laughs> status in bio is going to become the new. I, I I promise you. I promise you. Watch. Well, watch. people here are already taking pictures. I don't know if in the UK that's a thing, but here people take like Instagram pictures of it and of course they do. put it on their stories and everything. And it's, I it's I was I know I tweeted like. Two weeks ago, I said it's the new black square. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, they're doing yellow squares now, aren't they? Oh, for um, the Asian? Yeah, yeah. Today okay. it's, yeah, yesterday and today. it's. I haven't really been keeping squares. up with that, but I have. got to stay with the kids, Bailey. I know. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm relying on you to tell me what's going on, what's going on on the gram and on, on TikTok. To... Oh, I downloaded a TikTok only because... <laughs> I so first thing is, you know, there was all that thing that it's a China app and everything. And I thought, well, China already has all my information, even if I download this app. But, <laughs> um, I've actually been have I ski a lot and stuff. So I've been posting TikTok videos of skiing and it's been really fun. It, in the winter, it's been kind of a fun pastime to do that. But 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had a I lot feel of like I'm an old person on it though. There's all these like young people and <laughs> they're saying like middle parts and hair are in now. And like, if you wear skinny jeans, you're old. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, is this, this is a TikTok thing. I'm, I'm not on TikTok. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of people for years now have been trying to, uh, get me to take the plunge but I feel like I have more than enough social media and oh yeah and it's, every time I spend like 10 seconds on TikTok I'm just like I can't I can't deal with this like my 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 temperature level starts <laughs> rising I'm just like I, I can't deal this is not for me exactly I thought I would hate it but there's an algorithm that sends you content you'd like so it was all skiing and hiking and stuff and mm. for me it was almost like a breath of fresh air not going on Twitter and seeing all the you know, hot topics <laughs> of the day. The fights. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's great though. What I, my favorite thing to do on Twitter is to just like drop a spicy one <laughs> just before I and then and then just log off. And just drop the and mic. Then just, and then just then just leave, just leave, go to bed, come back like twelve hours later and just be like, hmm. <laughs> That's you the type of chaos I've created. Yeah, yeah, those are the best. You just you see the hornet's nest, and you just you just kick it, uh -huh. and then you just put the phone down, and you just go about your normal life, well, and then you come back, and you're just like, okay, I'm back. Right. That's how I felt. I Candace Owens, I think, in like the fall, tweeted something about that was when Harry Styles and a dress was the hot topic, and honestly, like I love fashion. <laughs> I don't have really any qualms with what he chooses to wear. It's more of the whole. <laughs> He's allowed to. Yeah. I'm going to criticize exactly. it. I'm going exactly. to make fun of it. Like, I'm going to make fun of it. Yeah. Right. And it's. I was annoyed with all the hoopla and then it's erasing, you know, gender and anti-masculine, all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Candace just tweeted that I think Harry posted an Instagram post about Candace, whatever. And she said, you know, I must be saying something right that he's talking about me. And I said, good job, Candace, or something. I kid you not about... A thousand One Direction yeah. fans <laughs> were, in my, were in my uh, mentions. And the hilarious part is the reason why I started a Twitter account is because it used to be a One Direction Twitter account. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Like back when I was like 11 or something, you know, like really into them, there was like the One Direction Twitter accounts. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought if anybody knew, like, they're actually tweeting at an account that used to be a One Direction account. That's so funny. What were One Directioners? What do they, they call them again? Wasn't there, like, a name of the fan base? I think Directioners. Is it just Directioners? Directioners, yeah. yeah. You're going was, One Direction. Yeah, there was a time on Twitter where that was, like, I know it's still a thing, but there was a time when that was, like, really a huge thing. And uh, The Wanted as well, I remember that. Cause oh, yeah. They were like, from the UK as well. Yeah, you'd have yeah. girls and they'd have TW in their usernames. And it was like oh, The Wanted. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was like this whole <laughs> weird thing. Twitter has been through a lot of phases. Exactly. Of phases. Like, I, I've just witnessed it. And yeah, I don't know. But um, and now it's the, oh, I love it, you know. And that's why I am on it all the time. And especially great for staying up to date with people and different ideas and same with YouTube, you know, a lot of negative things could be said about, you know, YouTube and everything and platforms like that. But it's giving us a space, at least hopefully for longer, it's giving us a space that we're allowed to, you know, have these conversations, talk with people. You might be on the other side of the world and kind of thinking about these things. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, Zuby's talking about that. You know, I always was wondering about that or giving these people just to have a breath of fresh air and whatnot. Awesome.
So Bailey, what's what's next for you? What do you have in the in the future? Do you have anything you want to yeah. share with people? Anything they should check out or look forward to? Definitely. So currently I'm reading Jordan's second book, so 12 more rules for life. And then I'm going to be doing a weekly series. So each chapter, I'm going to pick out a few quotes and really messages that I can relate to a lot and thought were pertinent. And I'm going to do a weekly series with that. So next week, I'll be starting uh, the first episode with that and the first chapter discussing that. I'm currently working my way through it. And then, yeah, just continuing to create content and look at the world introspectively. I just, that word introspectively, I chose it because I've always, I like writing and everything. So I'm one of those people who has like a list of my favorite words. So I chose introspectively because you're really just peeling the layer back on all these topics in life that sometimes get grazed over or seem superficial. And sometimes it's nice just to take a deeper dive into them, you know, as mundane as it might sound, you know, talking about boredom or talking about freedom of speech or something. Just let's talk about this and have a conversation. No doubt. And what is your YouTube channel so that listeners can check it out? Yes. So my YouTube channel is called Introspectively Living. And then I also have a Twitter account, uh, Intro Living. Um, and then Instagram is Introspectively Living as well. And if you guys do want to follow me on TikTok, it is Bailey underscore LB. So awesome. follow Bailey on TikTok for some wholesome content. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Awesome. Bailey's been so good. To, so good to finally talk Definitely. to you. Definitely. I thank love you for, that Thank you for them. jumping in at, sh- at short notice because this course. was really at short notice. So. <laughs> no worries. Thanks. You're welcome. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me and destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang, y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.